You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now. So get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lords. Hey everyone and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 17, Davros. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my companion through podcasting time and space, we have Paul Gann. Hello, Doctor. <laughs> How's it going, Paul? <laughs> or Davros. I love Davros. <laughs> Davros is cool. <laughs> like bow ties. And fezzes. Like jelly babies. Ooh. <laughs> Would you like a jelly baby? Well, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> Daleks do not eat jelly babies, Doctor. <laughs> anyway, well, yes, we are talking about Davros because, hey, guess what? Series 9 premiered over the weekend. <laughs> Super excited. Awesome episode. If you haven't watched it, you should. What kind of Whovian are you if you haven't? Um, my gosh. <laughs> So disappointed. No, um, <laughs> it was a great episode. Obviously, a two-parter. So we are not doing our uh, our episode review of the new episode at this point. I said episode way too many times there. Well, we're making an episode, so yes. yes. But... <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert, if you are not aware already, which the internet's probably spoiled the entire episode for you by now, it is actually on YouTube, the new episode. Really? The BBC, the BBC put the episode on YouTube. So if you don't have cable or someplace you know, like that or the iTunes uh, or Amazon, go and check it out on YouTube. Because it really is an awesome episode. Now, According to the internet, this last episode that just aired, had uh, it broke records in U.S. viewers. In U.S.? Uh, nice. Yes. So, I think, I, that's like pretty, that. I think that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, so record number of American viewers of Doctor Who. <laughs> He's becoming international more and more every day. But in this episode marks the return of Davros. And we still don't know how this all is going to wrap up yet. Uh, we will wait. We eagerly await the weekend to find out. Until then, uh, we wanted to give you guys sort of a rundown, since we are more familiar with the Davros of the classic series, sort of a rundown of some of the important notes uh, in Davros's story so far, just sort of his characterization, and why this really matters for the Doctor to have Davros come back and to have this conundrum where he has to save the the child Davros. So we... or kill him, as the case may be, as the, the cliffhanger left us. Um, so... And of course uh, they're leading us to believe that this is going to be the final Davros story, but we still have yet to see if that's true or not. And so. Right, right. I mean, there's... 
there's always been, you know, the final episode of such and such character or villain group or something. And then, you know, five, you know, four or five <laughs> years later, they come back because, you know, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. But oh, we got. Well, you didn't know that this happened before I died on the last, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but since. Paul's favorite villain is Davros, and he's a, a classic character that's really made only one appearance so far in the new series. We figured we'd give you sort of a, a breakdown of what to expect from Davros. We're not going to go too in-depth on his classic Who storylines, because those are coming forthcoming when we return to our Dalek episode reviews. Um, and if we talk about them now, then what's the point of having the reviews? Right, right. So, so we're not going to go incredibly in-depth, but we do want to get you the highlights from those as they pertain to Davros himself and why Davros is one of the more intimidating, not intimidating, but one of the, the bigger antagonists of Doctor Who. He's, so, he's creepy, too. He is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go and head and jump into some of these classic appearances of Davros. The first of which is, I think, if what I'm gathered is correct, one of your favorite Dalek storylines, Genesis of the Daleks. Is that correct, Paul? It is. And this is, of course, uh, our first introduction of Davros early on in tom baker's fourth doctor run so davros was not around until the fourth doctor and this is basically uh the time lords have sent the fourth doctor sarah jane and harry sullivan back in time to scarrow in order to eliminate uh in order to prevent excuse me the creation of the daleks and of course who is the creator of the daleks Davros. So this is our first introduction of Davros. And a lot of the episode is, is build up to the the final creation of the Daleks and them becoming uh, independent of, you know, con right. being controlled by Davros and that sort of thing. And there's a couple of great scenes in here where the Doctor and Davros get to talk. And if you watched the season premiere... Some of that is actually played and highlighted in particular during the new episode. Uh, Davros yeah, I, I, has... I did the little fanboy dance when they started playing that stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I love seeing these little clips um, of the classic episodes getting sprinkled into the new episodes. It, it, it makes my little fanboy heart jump for joy. Well, it, it keeps it relevant, you know. It does. It does, and it makes people want to go, wait, what is this? Um, <laughs> uh, but there's, there's a great conversation that happens uh, about uh, the Doctor and, and Davros talking about if you had this microorganism that you created in a lab that would kill everything on in the universe except it, would you create it? Would you actually do that? Uh, and and, you know, the doctor asks this of Davros, and Davros goes through this, you know, yeah. this monologue about, yes, I think I would. Because it would be unlimited power. Yes, to have that yes. power in my hand, you know, to just hold this power in my hand, and then knowing only the tiniest bit of pressure to crack the seal and release it would wipe out the entire universe is, is power enough. Um, he said it would make him a god. Yes, it would set him among the gods. He's very demonstrative about this. Yeah. Uh, and before we get to the end of, of this story arc, is there anything in particular that you wanted to bring up uh, as it pertains to, to Davros in particular from Genesis of the Daleks? Well, I think that it's interesting that he creates what he believes to be the ultimate race, the ultimate uh, conquering race, if you will. And he makes it so well that 
it believes itself to be even superior to him. Yes, because part of the, what he programs into the Daleks is to hate and eliminate anything that isn't pure Dalek. And Davros is not pure Dalek. The Daleks are extrapolated from him. You know, he uses his own DNA and his own cells to experiment on and help create the Daleks. But he's not pure Dalek. And so at the end of it, as the Doctor and Sarah Jane and Harry are, are escaping with their allies, the Daleks turn on Davros. <laughs> and, I... and, you know, what we are led to believe, exterminate him, uh, if you will. But, of course... We know he can't be dead because he appears many times later. Anything else about Genesis of the Daleks before we jump into... Well, we don't want to say one. too much about it because we, we don't want to give everything away. We, I will say this. Uh, Genesis of the Daleks basically ties directly into the first Doctor's Dalek storyline, the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, when we do get a chance to talk about that, you guys will have the opportunity to see just exactly how they all tie together. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of links back to this this story arc, and a lot of other Dalek storylines will reference back to Genesis of the Daleks in particular. It, it's sort of like, in a sense, it really is kind of the Genesis of the Daleks in terms of how, how well centralized it is in the Dalek mythology, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, as it pertains to Doctor Who. It is, if not the cornerstone, a cornerstone of everything involving the Daleks that we see being built up now. Well, so, it becomes relevant to everything that came before and everything that came after. Mm-hmm. And it so. is constantly being referenced, so... You would do yourselves a favor to go back and watch this if you haven't already. The fourth Doctor met Davros a second time, uh, which is yes, one of the few... He is the only Doctor to, at least in the TV show, meet Davros more than once. Uh, he, Davros has shown up in numerous Big Finish audio books, comics, uh, across multiple Doctors. So... Uh, and they've used the Big Finish audios and things to fill in some of the gaps between the TV episodes as well. Yeah. So. Uh, I am, am not familiar with any of these at this point, so we will not be discussing those. Um, but if you want to, to start filling in some of these gaps, highly re- recommend you go seek these out. Uh, the TARDIS wiki has an entire list of everything that Davros has mentioned in. So just... Uh, yes. TARDIS wiki is kind of the <laughs> best thing ever when it comes to finding out information on these sort of things. <laughs> anyway, Destiny of the Daleks is the second appearance of Davros. And this is many years later. The Doctor finds himself back on Scarrow, and the Daleks are mining, are trying to, to dig down into their old city for something. Of course, the Doctor has to go and find out what it is before they get there. And it turns out that they are digging for Davros, who, when he was exterminated, or thought to be exterminated, uh, his secondary life support systems kicked in and were hard at work keeping him alive. And so he's been sort of just stuck underground. Suspended animation. In suspended animation in in a ruined city for centuries at least, um, if not longer. But he is pleased that... His children are coming back for him and, and all this stuff. And As he knew they would. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and of course the Doctor must stop this and find out why the Daleks are trying to resurrect and bring back uh, Davros. Turns out, this is interesting the and important to what comes later, uh, the Daleks are at war with another robotic race called the Movellans. And it's a stalemate at this point because their battle computers keep canceling each other out. By the time one 
faction's battle computer is able to devise a strategy to win the battle, the other's battle computer has been able to devise a strategy to counteract it. And so it, they've been at a stalemate in this war for decades. Not a shot has been fired. Because neither wants to take that first risk. Which is... <laughs> the doctor says, congratulations, you found the solution to peace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, congratulations, you found the answer to, to peace. I'm so proud. <laughs> But this is why they're bringing Davros back, because Davros has, you know, this creative element that he would be able to use to help give the Dalek battle computers an edge in the war and help them tip the scales and win the war against the Movellans. And of course, the Movellans are there and they're trying to stop this and trying to recruit the Doctor for the same thing. The Doctor manages to sneak in and have a nice conversation with Davros, where they discuss the situation, and Davros finds it fascinating. He's like, it's such a fascinating problem, is it not? You know, and of course, you, you know what the solution is, don't you? And he's like, oh yes, of course. And so they have this really kind of nice uh, scientific discussion where they both recognize that each other is very scientifically uh, superior to just about everybody else. Um, <laughs> the two smartest men in the room. Yes, and they know it, uh, <laughs> even though they're sworn enemies. And they're like, oh, it's nice to have someone who can actually talk on my level. You know, that sort of <laughs> that sort of thing. Any Anything in particular that you want to bring out of, of this story arc? I better keep my mouth shut. We're going to give away too much. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just, we're going to give away too much. <laughs> we have to have something for our reviews. So. Just, just, just give a little bit. Pick one. <laughs> Davros is cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that um, I think one of the reasons why I like Davros so much is because in a small way, he reminds me a little bit of the Emperor from Star Wars. <laughs> yep. You know, but he has a more, how would you, a more boisterous personality as far as you know, expressing his anger and everything more more blatantly, you know. And I think that, that when he when he loses it, that's when I sit there and just kind of grin and I'm like, oh, he's so cool, you know, because he's almost like the antithesis to the doctor. You know, mm-hmm. the doctor stays cool and calm and collected in these situations and Davros just rages, you know. Yeah, he- he does. <laughs> that's that is the perfect word to describe it. He just rages. Oh, dude. And and the even though he's been played by like four different actors with the exception of I think one time, he he almost comes off like the same person every single time. It's like they they are they get in the zone and they just embody Davros, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they play the character. They don't bring their own take to it. Right. They so. know exactly how Davros is supposed to be, and they become Davros. Um, of course, Davros is is just a part of these episodes because the Daleks always have, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But a lot of times, the Daleks have goals that don't exactly line up with Davros's. They want Davros, they want to be able to use him, they want his gene in, in Destiny of the Daleks in particular, they want his genius, they want him to give them that edge, but they don't want to be subservient to, to Davros. And so they're, they're sort of playing along with his whims um, here in this story because it, you know a ship is coming to take them away and that sort of thing. But he wants a couple of things first. That, that makes so, me think of what you just said. Made me think of uh, something that Malcolm said in in uh, Jurassic Park <laughs> about uh, the relationship between God and man. Oh, do you remember that mm, that line? Not off the top of my head. No the the quote says uh, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man. 
man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs. <laughs> so, you know, God creates man and then man destroys God, right? Uh, so, that's the Davros kind of creates Daleks, yeah. Daleks destroy Davros. Basically. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> as far as Davros is concerned, destroy two final of a, of a term <laughs> for Davros, for the Daleks. Daleks <laughs> destroying Davros. Because Davros, not dead. But they, they treat him as if he is a tool to be used just for their purposes. Exactly. Know? And at the end of uh, Destiny of the Daleks, the fourth Doctor is able to capture Davros and sends him off to be imprisoned by the humans uh, that are there at the time. Which brings us to the fifth Doctor's encounter, Peter Davison's encounter with Davros in Resurrection of the Daleks. Uh, Yet again... The Daleks have need of Davros. And so they, along with human soldiers who are working under their command as as Dalek agents and as mercenaries that they have hired, are attempting a rescue of Davros from his suspended animation prison. Because, oh, lo and behold, the Movellans developed a virus that only attacks Dalek cells and they need Davros to find a cure. There's also an aspect of this uh, story arc that ties directly back to the chase and the fact that the Daleks uh, were able to make a basically a clone of the Doctor, a robotic clone of the Doctor. Ah, yes. Uh, this takes it one step further and... Uh, yeah, there's a direct tie-in with that. Yes, yes. A little bit of teasery, spoilery stuff <laughs> to get you eager for when we get to this review. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but Davros knows that basically, even though he still believes the Daleks are his greatest creation uh, and wants to, to help ensure their survival, he knows that these Daleks only want to, like, stick him in a lab under lock and key and bring him out when they need him. And so he's trying to retain some sort of of superiority over them and insists that he run his experiments on the prison base, the prison space station that they're at, and maybe kind of starts to experiment a little bit on some Daleks in order to make them loyal to him rather than the Dalek Emperor. Uh, and so he creates a nice little set of bodyguards. This uh, is where they start playing the long game with Davros's uh, slow rise to power in the Dalek ranks, uh, I guess you'd say. And he essentially creates his own faction of Daleks Yes, um, that are loyal only to him. Correct. And, and this is sort of the the early, early stages of that, the beginning stages of that. Right. Now, one of the more remarkable moments in this story arc that involves Davros and the Doctor in particular is the fact that Davros causes the Doctor to pull a gun on him. The Doctor takes a gun from one of the guards that is watching him and says, you know, no, Davros, I am not here as your prisoner, but your executioner. Right, and you don't see the Doctor go to that level most of the time, you know? No. Davros knows how to push the Doctor's buttons. And this is interesting because the way that the cliffhanger left us, uh, you know, on Saturday, yeah, uh, the Doctor's holding a gun to Davros again, this time as a kid. Right. So... <laughs> I think Davros holds the... the the, the title for most times he's made the, de- the doctor pull a gun on him you know, <laughs> on if, different if, occasions. If the doctor wasn't pulling a gun on Davros, he was pulling a gun on one of Davros's creations. Yes. <laughs> yes. So 
but yes, the really intense scene there uh, during during that story, which is you know interesting, particularly because the Fifth Doctor, and we'll get there when we actually do the review for this episode. The Fifth Doctor is a very kind-hearted person, and he doesn't normally go to these dark places. Right. Davros brings out the worst in the Doctor. As a matter of fact, in the episode that just came on, the Doctor finally just flat out said that Davros was his arch nemesis, his arch enemy. <laughs> uh, to the... M- uh... <laughs> much to the offense of, of Missy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because... Oh, so he's your arch enemy now. <laughs> <laughs> because you know the master's supposed to be his arch enemy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she'd do that. Um, but, but yes, um, going back to the fifth Doctor and resurrection of the Daleks, the way that this story arc leaves Davros is he has been effect- affected by this Mobellan virus and it's starting to, to do damage to his systems. Now my assumption is because it doesn't kill him because my assumption is his, he's not pure Dalek, but because the Daleks are made from him, it's going to affect him to some degree. Yeah. Uh, but the, we the can Daleks get Daleks are modified heavily from their original genetic material. Right. So, so, but it starts to affect him and the base is about to get blown up, and so he escapes in an escape pod as as the cowardly villain he really is. And we don't see him again until the Sixth Doctor's run in Revelation of the Daleks. Did you have anything else you wanted to say on the Fifth Doctor episode? Not really, no. Because we're, we're really covering more of who he is and what his personality is and mm-hmm. things like that more than we are story arcs. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and some of the the history of Davros a little bit, in how it, how important that is for what's going on now in in the current series, and how that brings itself, and how that's relevant to to what's going on now. And I will say this: uh, I was telling this to Jason before we started. I like the fact that you can actually go back and watch these story arcs back to back. And you can see how it takes the character from point A to point B, from point B to point C, you know, and so on and so forth. I mean, there's gaps in between, but they're not so uh, disjointed that you can't tell how everything connects. Right. You know, it, it, right. Davros's storyline through the, the series is pretty straightforward. Um, there's obviously, like you were saying, there's gaps between when we see him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see how he gets from the previous story arc to the current story arc right? without too much of a jump. So, As a matter of fact, the biggest point, I think, where you would not see that happen, essentially, would be going from classic Who to new Who. Right. Because of the... In- entire time war being missing from screen except for the 50th anniversary you know right we'll get to that momentarily the sixth doctor's encounter with davros davros has set himself up on the planet i believe it's necros yes which is uh, they well it's essentially home to a giant Funeral home for the galaxy, basically. Um, <laughs> but they're not there. dead. They're in suspended animation. Yes, they're in suspended animation. <laughs> and if there's ever a cure for whatever ails them, maybe someday they can be resurrected. Yes, of course. Um, One of the things I thought was funny was when the you know, they've got this DJ, you know, that is supposed to be playing music for the people that are in suspended animation because they still have some type of sentience even though they're you know in mm-hmm. suspended state and he he says he's tell, talking to one person he says you have a message from your wife she wants you to know that she still loves you and she's 
waiting for the day that they'll find a cure for this illness. And then he turns the speaker off or turns the microphone off and he goes, they found a cure for that 50 years ago. I wonder what she's doing with all that money. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, In the weirdest of situations, Davros is going by the name of the Great Healer. Uh, he's set himself self up in the basement, essentially, of Tranquil Repose, which is this funeral home. <laughs> and he's running his experiments and basically is ruling the planet from the basement in everything but name. And, of course, the doctor finds his way into this situation. He doesn't want anybody to know what his, what his real name is because he doesn't want the... Daleks that are under the control of the Emperor to be able to find out where he is. Exactly. He's been uh, u- <laughs> he's been using the more intelligent and more robust of the people that were in suspended animation to create new Daleks to serve him. Those who are not intelligent enough or too sick well... He's been doing something very devious with them, and we are going to save that for the actual episode review. (laughs) Because it's creepy and disturbing. You'll find out later. (laughs) uh, Yes. Yes. But of course, (laughs) the doctor runs into this, and they have, of course, their, their normal banter and confrontation. Nothing too dramatic, if I recall. But I could be wrong. You've watched that more recently than I have. Anything specific between the Doctor and Davros you want to bring your, up? Your your uh, comment just made me think of uh, something from all the way back in the Fourth Doctor uh, oh. that I forgot about. Um, when the Doctor asks Davros, he says, uh, "What were we talking about?" And Davros says, "Your ultimate destruction." And he says, "Oh no, we talked about that last time." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, that was in the fourth Doctor's second interaction with with Davros. <laughs> I love Tom Baker. <laughs> BBC America is doing this thing in the mornings where they've got uh, mornings with Baker. And it's at nine o'clock in the morning and they've got you know, some of the best episodes of Tom Baker being shown on BBC America. And I'm super excited that more people are going to be able to watch some classic Tom Baker episodes. Oh my gosh. He's my favorite. Um, But anyway, back to, sorry, back to the other Baker, Colin. Was there anything uh, from this story arc that you wanted to bring up before we get to the sort of final confrontation between uh, that involves Davros. Well, I will say this. As this thing progresses, we can see Davros making changes to himself, mm-hmm. modifying himself to enhance his physicality or whatever. And it's kind of strange because, for all intents and purposes, he's paralyzed, I think, from the neck down except for one arm. So everything, you know, the chair, the whole nine yards is a life support system, basically. You know, it doesn't explain how this happened to him or anything like that. So the fact that he's continuing to modify himself, you you almost ask yourself the question, if he can make modifications to his body and things, why hasn't he made himself more mobile? You know, why hasn't he you know, made like cybernetic limbs or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because he can, you know, he's obviously able to build these Dalek suits and stuff for his creations. Why hasn't he done something similar for himself? Well, I suppose the answer could be that um, he's essentially like the Daleks at this point, except without a top to his casing. You know, he and he views the Daleks as the the supreme race of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, yes, he's moving around in this chair. And while he probably could bioengineer a new set of limbs or, or use some, uh, uh, you know, robotic ones, that would take him away from how his ultimate creation functions. And so I think... Yes. And so I think maybe part of it is, is that he wants to be as much like his creation as possible. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll, we'll sort of tack on a little bit here with the Seventh Doctor's in, um, encounter with Davros about how that might be part of it in a second. But the end of the Sixth Doctor's encounter with Davros in Revelation of the Davros, and yes, we're jumping back and forth, and sorry about that. Um, but we get so excited talking about this stuff. <laughs> um but the end of the Sixth Doctor's story arc with Davros, the Daleks that are loyal to the Emperor Dalek show up to arrest Davros. And there's this big shootout between them and Davros's Daleks. And in the end, Davros is captured and taken away, correct? Yes he is captured and taken away by the, the Emperor's Daleks. Supposedly is, to be uh, put on trial at Scarrow. So that is how he ends up in that episode. Jumping ahead to Remembrance of the Daleks, which is one of the Seventh Doctor's best episodes, if I say so myself. Y'all should watch it. <laughs> I think I've said that about three of his story arcs. <laughs> Maybe it's just because he's my second favorite. Anyways, um... <laughs> Well, he's Sylvester McCoy. He's Sylvester McCoy. I love Sylvester <laughs> McCoy. He's funny. We go most of this story arc without realizing that Davros is there. Mm-hmm. Because Davros has adjusted and fixed up his chair, his, you know, mobile transportating transportation thingy, so that it now has a top. And it's sort of like his normal chair, but kind of like with this big giant egg <laughs> that's sitting on top. Nanu, um, nanu. <laughs> you don't remember Mork and Mindy, do you? I didn't watch that. <laughs> I'm, you bring out all these references, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's funny. Hey, I'm but... the old man on the show, okay? I've <laughs> lived long enough to remember this stuff and watched and it when it first came on TV. I'm sure so. there are some <laughs> classic Who fans who were watching when they were on TV <laughs> that are laughing at all of your references. Oh, it's classic Robin Williams, so... so but yes, you know, there, there's... I'm sure that there's a segment of our listenership that do get those references. And I'm sorry I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> you, you need to go back and watch some Mork and Mindy. I've got too many things that I'm trying to catch up on nowadays. I have no idea if I'm ever going to be able to get caught up with anything. Um, <laughs> if for no other reason, because it has Robin Williams in it. So, yes. Well, anyways. But uh, there's this this leader Dalek, this imperial supreme leader who's been leading the the white and gold colored Daleks which were Davros's Daleks back with the Sixth Doctor. Right. And we have two factions of Daleks here again. Uh, the imperial Daleks which are the, the white and gold ones now and then this renegade group which are the black and gray ones. And we finally learn that the the supreme leader of the Imperial Daleks is actually Davros. The, the egg, for lack of a better word, opens up and he leans out of the opening and he's like, hey, you know, to reveal himself. He's basically as posing as the Emperor. And so, somehow, by this time, Davros has gotten control of Scal of Scalro. Scarrow. Um, wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> my, my tongue wasn't cooperating there for a minute. Uh, he has gotten control of Scarrow and is now leader of the Daleks that are in charge. Uh, he has finally achieved what he wants to achieve, and he is the emperor of the Daleks, essentially. Which is 
you know, going from prisoner to emperor is remarkable. Especially when you're confined to a chair that can only be moved by one hand. <laughs> I want to find out if there is a big Finnish story that explains how he went from one role to the next. I feel like there's either a big Finnish or a novel or a comic, and I'm, I'm looking up this real quick. Because that's the biggest leap from all of the other storylines, mm-hmm. um, is for him to be taken back to Scarrow as a prisoner and then to return... Uh, posing as the emperor, um, I think that's a pretty big leap. But I think it's also something that Doctor Who's really good at doing, and that's being unpredictable. You yeah, know? it looks like there are there is a comic, perhaps a couple of comics, and two big finish audio stories mm-hmm. between these two episodes that take place between these two episodes in order to tell how he becomes emperor. See, now I've got to go spend money and... I know, right? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But there's a great confrontation between Davros and the Doctor, and I've probably mentioned this before, um, but the Doctor's just finally had enough of Dalek... uh, of Dalek... of Davros and his blustering and... (laughs) Uh, Davros is going on about how the Daleks will dominate the you know the universe. Uh, you know, the Doctor interrupts and he goes, "Conquer the universe, crush the lesser races, unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc." You know, imitating <laughs> and mocking Davros to his face, and I'm just like, "Yes!" It's one of my favorite parts of that episode because it's, it's just great. Because I think it's Sylvester nice. McCoy. Sylvester McCoy is actually, it's funny, is the shortest actor to play the Doctor. <laughs> so he's this little man, this little man, and he's just yelling and shouting and mocking at the at, at Davros <laughs> in his own voice. And I'm just like, yes, I, I think you go. Nice because, you know, even though the personality of the Doctor changes and the voice of the Doctor changes, the interaction with Davros hasn't changed. You know? No. Uh, and the doctor, even though he realizes he's in a serious situation, even though he realizes that this could be, you know, uh, the ultimate life or death situation for a lot of, you know, people, he still has the ability to sit there and poke the bear with the stick, you know, <laughs> and just see how far he can push Davros to make him throw a temper tantrum, you know. Right. Right. Which Davros has. Um, And at the end of this episode... We don't want uh, to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil the big thing that happens, but the end of Davros is the Doctor is able to send something that destroys the battleship that Davros is sitting on that's orbiting over Earth. And Davros, just before the, the ship explodes is able to slip once again into an escape pod and live to survive another day. Live to fight another day. Kind of like General Grievous. Hmm, yeah. (laughs) Just always squirrels away at the last minute to show up later. We do know that Davros was active during the Time War. The Twelfth Doctor uh, mentions that the first year of the Time War, or the the first year of the conflict at the Gates of Elysium, uh, Davros's command ship flew into the jaws of the Nightmare Child, and everybody thought he'd been killed, even though the Doctor tried to save his life. So, we know that Davros had been active during the Time War for a while, because I, I believe, if I remember what he was talking about in the episode correctly, that the Gates of Elysium were later in the Time War, towards the end. Um, I would really like to find out more about the storylines in the the Time War. Um, I really think that that would be uh, interesting to see just what the dynamic is, especially if they still have two factions of Daleks. You know, how does that affect the Time War? I would think by the time they've gotten to the Time War, the, the two factions, either one has been eliminated or they've decided that the Time Lords are better to fight than each other. 
think I may be wrong, but I think the idea in Remembrance of the Daleks, the Seventh Doctor episode, we get the idea that the final Resistance Daleks are wiped out at the end of that. I think that's the idea. I'd have to go back and watch that again, and we'll talk about that when we review that episode. Um, but I think that might be the idea. I could be wrong. But there, I know there's information out there on the Dalek Civil War if you really want to check that out. So, But by the time we get to the, the Time War, that's all dealt with, if I'm reading this stuff correctly on the internet. Well, I believe... Which is always a big if. <laughs> I believe that we are at least led to believe that Davros was in control during the Time War. Um, if not in control, at least highly influential. Mm-hmm. Because there there was a Dalek Emperor, or the Supreme Dalek, whatever you want to call him, uh, as well as Davros. And I guess they were probably working together, mm-hmm. probably begrudgingly, but working together uh, in order to lead the Daleks during the Time War. Uh, but of course, we do see Davros again before we get to the current episodes that are airing now. Uh, he shows up at the end of uh, Tom Baker, not Tom Baker's time. <laughs> David Tennant. Wow. David Tennant's run in the uh, episodes Stolen Earth and Journey's End. He has been saved from uh, the Time Wars time lock by Dalek Khan's temporal shift. Yes, Dalek Khan. And, and we'll talk more about Dalek Khan as we, whenever we finally get to those episodes. Dal- um, Dalek Khan is essentially the highest ranking black Dalek. Yes, part of the cult of Scar. Yes. Um, and gone completely insane by the time we get to Stolen Earth and Journey's <laughs> End. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, by the time we get to. Uh, Stolen Earth and Journey's End, as I'm sure most of you know, Davros has been relegated as sort of a pet of the Daleks. And he is finally that character that they've finally gotten locked up away in a vault rather than a, a lab. He's locked up in a vault and they bring him out when they need him. So Davros has been brought there to essentially help develop the technology to steal the 27 different planets to create the reality bomb that is going to wipe out the entire universe. So the entire universe or everything except what's there in that pocket universe. I think it's everything except that pocket universe. So that they're going to be the last ones in all of your creation. (laughs) You know. Davros has gotten a little kooky in his old age as well. But, But he gets to sit there and taunt and torment the Doctor uh, throughout that entire episode. And he doesn't have too much to do himself in that episode, except sort of like help explain everything that's going on. And uh, But he does have a, a, a nice appearance there. Um, I do I do enjoy his portrayal in that episode a lot. Did you have anything else in particular you wanted to get uh, done in this episode before we wrap up his fate in it? If there's one thing that I can say that I feel like is just a little bit overused at this point is the fact that every single time something happens, Davros is able to find an escape pod. You know? (laughs) And I mean it I think the only uh the only other option I think would have been in this particular story arc if you were talking about well he used a transmat you know if for this one as opposed to a, an escape pod you know and he ended up somewhere else but problem is how did he get access to it you know? right uh but of course at the end of this episode the doctor the doctor Donna and everybody else there are able to save the day, and at the very end, while the Crucible 
the giant ship that Davros is on is burning. Davros names the Doctor the Destroyer of Worlds, you know, in one of those great lines that he has, you know, you are the Destroyer of Worlds, you know, when blah, blah, blah. Anyways. It's kind of ironic great... considering how many worlds Davros has destroyed, you know. Well. <laughs> yeah. Pot, kettle, kettle, pot. Mm, indeed. <laughs> but, um... We're not entirely sure how Davros uh, escapes this. They don't show you in this one. No. But we know he has to. uh, Because he appears in the current episodes that are airing right now. So we we won't go too much farther into the episodes that Davros was in. We do want to touch a little bit more on, on his characterization throughout the series, though. What is it about Davros that you like so much as far as his character is concerned? Because he is your favorite Doctor Who villain. I just, I think it's the idea of what he represents and, you know, the fact that he has no conscience at all. It's just complete and utter disdain for anything that he considers to be inferior. Uh, you know, he's basically Hitler in space. Yes. You know, he was modeled after Hitler, uh, when they created him. So, and I, as far as his characterization is concerned, that gives me, you know, he, he, he makes one of, he, he makes one of those characters that you just, you love to hate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a really good villain is is always going to bring that reaction. You know, you love to hate them. Uh, the same type of scenario that you have with some of the villains uh, from the James Bond series or, you know, like Darth Vader from Star Wars or, you know, mm-hmm. any of those classic villains that have carried over for years and years and years and years and years. If, you know, if they're really well done, they're going to... to Number one, stand the test of time. But number two, they're gonna they're going to actually invoke that little twinkle, I guess you'd say, in your eye, you know, because you just love to hate that character. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things for me where he's this he's this little man, this frail old well, not man, being at this point. Um scientific monstrosity in a chair and he can't hardly do anything himself and yet he's brilliant he is so brilliant but unconscious unconscionably brilliant like you said he has no conscience no sense of of morality other than the fact that he and his creations are supreme see i would like to find out exactly what happened to him to make him be that way you know, perhaps we will. Perhaps we'll. We still have another episode to find out what happened to Baby Davros. Well, we um, we still have an entire time frame that happened between the opening of this last episode we've seen and the first uh, time that he was introduced as well. There's an entire time frame there that we've never seen. He is brilliant. He's a genius on the level of the Doctor which is one of the things that makes him so dangerous is, you know, he's a bit like the master in that regard. Whereas the, the master is brilliant, but he thrives off the chaos that he can create. Mm -hmm. Davros is brilliant and thrives off of the order that he creates with the Daleks. And so the crazy thing about it is he uses chaos to create order. Mm-hmm. Which is complete contradiction in itself, you know. Right, right. But he believes that order can be only be created by the Daleks by eliminating everything else. Right. And that is what he wants. And so that is one of his soul-driving factors, that and wanting to see the, the successes and the, you know, the, the wonderful things that his Daleks are able to accomplish the interesting thing in 
Tom Baker's second episode with Davros, when Davros is revived, uh, he asks about all the victories that the Daleks have achieved while he has slept and been in suspended animation. And the Doctor, you know, says, oh, not as many as you'd like, essentially. And Davros is very frustrated with this and very annoyed at the fact that they are locked in a stalemate right now, currently, with, with the Movellans. And so it's one of those things where he wants them to succeed because, as he says many times, he calls them his children, which right disturbing. But, you know, when you're creating them using your own tissue and DNA, I suppose, you know, you're entitled to call them your children, even if it is demented and insane. Well, he says this, too. He says that he wants to be able to take them to the next level. He wants to know about all of their successes and about all of their failures so that he can tweak them basically and make them even better so that they will not have those failures again, you know? Um, and I think the, the thing that frustrates him the most about, uh, this stalemate that they find themselves in is the fact that he feels like he's made them intelligent enough that this should not even be an issue for them. And no matter which Davros it is, or which set of Daleks Davros is working with, he's always looking to tweak and improve. Uh, he's nev- They're never a finished product, if you will. Right. He's always looking for the ways to make his perfect creation just that much more perfect. Mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the most memorable characters, I think. Uh, especially if you've had... You know the the full exposure to him over the course of the classic series and the new series, right? And I'm really, really curious to see how this wraps up um, here in just a couple of days. So I, I will say this too: um, I really like the way that the new series uh, it seems to be folding back on itself to the point of being when I say folding back on itself I mean it started out sort of paying homage at the beginning to the classic series Uh but then it sort of shifted away from that as the series progressed and then now it is blatantly turning back around to be more and more and more like the classic series little by little, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that is sort of an updated version of the classic series rather than just a completely new doctor who, right? Of course I, I I do agree with that. I I think they're going to keep a lot of the elements that made the new who really great too, but, but yeah, they, they are definitely becoming more involved with the history of the classic episodes. And um, that's what uh, they said that one of the reasons why they wanted to go with Peter Capaldi is because they wanted to move back in the direction of how the Doctor used to be um, in the classic series. Right. So, Which I'm loving. Um, <laughs> but... I like the fact that they can find that balance, you know. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I do agree that they're finding a nice balance between the way the new way things have been done and the classic series so but now i will say this and we can talk more about this on our next episode when we're doing our, our story review i've i've seen some some mixed things online about the last episode that we just watched you know it, and it goes complete from one extreme to the other you know one extreme is Oh my God! It's one of the best, you know, episodes that I think we've seen in New Who, you know, period. And then somebody else is blasting the showrunners and talking about how that all they're trying to do is retcon everything to make it, you know, so that the old stuff doesn't quote unquote matter or whatever. What they're not taking into account in those comments is the fact that the show has always been told in a non-linear fashion so that every story 
overlaps something else from somewhere else and it's never told in order so it's not really retconning the thing if you've just never referenced it back to it in the first place see what I'm saying hmm. uh, yes I think so and I'd be interested I'd be interested to see what what the people are complaining about I, I haven't seen those uh, yet, some of the comments so. that I've seen have been rather nasty uh, talking about oh. uh, Stephen Moffat and making personal you know attacks at him online and things like well, that that's, and that's nothing you know new, unfortunately um, but but we can we can delve into that next episode. <laughs> well, some of the comments I can't even say on air, but you know, Ooh, yeah, they're but, they're not nice. Yeah. <laughs> they're not nice at all. All right. Well, anything else about Davros? Uh he's still my favorite Doctor Who villain. Um, <laughs> I can't. I mean, some things you just can't explain in words you know and that's one of the things that i will say he's one of those characters i know i like him i know that special thing about him that makes me like him but i can't always put into words exactly what it is that makes me like him you know what i mean (laughs) i can just Uh kind of say well i like him because this and i like him because of this but you know i can't cover like the full umbrella of the reasons why I like him, you know, it's just all the pieces come together and it just makes me like him, you know? Oh <laughs> um, yeah. No, you, you always know something big is happening <laughs> when Davros shows up because he just sort of raises the stakes when it comes to the Daleks. Right. And especially when it comes to the doctor, because the doctor has a much more personal animosity between he and Davros. Right. Than just his general uh, distaste, if we want to sanitize his feelings towards the Daleks. Yeah, he he looks at Davros. I guess you'd say almost like the devil, you know. Uh, <laughs> and and I don't think he he looks at the master that way necessarily. I think he looks at the master more like a lost soul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone that. Maybe one day he can get through to, maybe one day he can, you know, get him to see, you know, the error of his ways. But with Davros, it's almost like he automatically knows with Davros he's not redeemable, you know. Right. Even though he's tried, he he knows he's not redeemable. Davros is unapologetically devoted to the Daleks and their continued success. Right. I think that wraps up our, our Dalek con- or Dalek Davros conversation. <laughs> I keep inserting Dalek into words that well, it shouldn't we've be. We've been talking about the Daleks for so long that we're just kind of used to it. So True, true. I think that, that wraps up our, our conversation on Davros here. Our, our sort of spark notes <laughs> conversation well, uh, on Davros. It's kind of nice, too, because this not only does this go along with our Dalek episodes that we've been talking about before, this also goes along with the new season, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so we're kind of hitting two high points, I guess, at once. Right. And we get to talk a little bit about new and old who at the same time. Which is always great to, <laughs> to mix the two. But next episode, we are going to be talking about uh, the first two episodes of series nine. I can't wait uh, to see how this ends. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> We're going to see how this, how part two ends and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Likely after that, if there's, if the next episode is a two parter, we will be back and talking about a companion. I think Amy is in the lead here as far as the next companion we're going to talk about, but we want you guys to chime in and let us know which companions you want us to talk about. I think, Overall, Amy is, is, is on top right now, but we want to see who you guys want us to talk about next as far as companions The more go. referrals we get, the better, because that way we can get a really true uh, look at, at just who you guys want to hear about, you know? Exactly, exactly. And you don't have to give us just one. If you want to say, you know, well, I want to hear you talk about blah, blah, and blah, you know, this, this, and this, you know, that's fine. <laughs> well, you might um, not want to list 15, but, you know. <laughs> well, right. Maybe keep it to, like, three. Um, 
eventually we will talk about all of them. Eventually. That's the plan anyways. It's just our next one. Um, let, let's not talk about Clara because she's we want to see how she's still going. Um, and we want to talk about them in their entirety. So, Also, guys, um, if you're having difficulty getting our posts on Facebook, you can go in uh, to the follow option on our page and click see first. And whenever we make a post, you'll be able to see our posts as soon as they're made. Um, because I know that we've had issues with uh, uh, some of our posts not being distributed by Facebook. Um, and Very widely. <laughs> uh, so we, we want to make sure you guys can see those if you want to. So you do have the option to go in there and do that if you'd like. And that way you can see our posts uh, more readily when they come out. And, of course, if you want more information about us or just to find our backlog of episodes, uh, view, please visit TalkingTimeLords.com. That's our TARDIS on the Internet. Uh, of course, of course, our <laughs> Facebook page is Facebook.com slash TalkingTimeLords. Our Twitter handle is at TalkingTimeLord. Don't forget to tweet us. Or you can email us at TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com. Anything else, Paul, before we wrap this up? Do not forget to rate us and leave reviews for us on Stitcher and iTunes. We really need that. Uh, the higher the ratings we get and the more reviews we get, the, the easier it will be for other people to find because we'll be higher on the list. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of Talking Time Lords. This has been episode number 17, Davros. For Paul, I'm Jason, and remember... May you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. Thanks, guys. Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts. Or visit patreon.com slash thunderquack to help support the shows. I almost spooked a Davros there, but I decided not to. <laughs> May you conquer the universe and destroy your enemies! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>